Um, and we're going to continue in our series on the, on the Psalms. Um, we've been standing a little bit. If you'd like to stand for the reading of the scriptures, you may. And if you would like to remain seated, you can do that. But here's Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he hears my requests for mercy. I call out to him as long as I live because he listens closely to me. Death's ropes bound me. The distress of the grave found me. I came face to face with trouble and grief. So I called on the Lord's name. Lord, please save me. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Our God is compassionate. The Lord protects simple folk. He saves me whenever I am brought down. I tell myself, you can be at peace again because the Lord has been good to you. You, God, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my foot from stumbling. So I'll walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I've remained faithful even when I said I am suffering so badly. Even when I said out of fear, everyone is a liar. What can I give back to the Lord for all the good things he's done for me? I'll lift up the cup of salvation. I'll call on the Lord's name. I'll keep the promises I made to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. The death of the Lord's faithful is a costly loss in his eyes. Oh, yes, Lord, I am definitely your servant. I am your servant and the son of your female servant. You've freed me from my chains. So I'll offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to you. I'll call on the Lord's name. I'll keep the promises I made to the Lord in the presence of all God's people in the courtyards of the Lord's house, which is in the center of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Casey has had a rough week. Um, Casey is our dog, and um, she has had quite a week. Sorry, I should have had the other picture up. This is Casey. This is the beginning of the week. She had, a, she had a great beginning of the week. She went on some hikes. She's kind of worn out at the top of the trail, but as happy as can be, even though that picture doesn't quite look like it. She's happy. Um, and uh, things started out just fine. Um, kind of after that, we, we started to notice a little bit of itching, a little bit of like kind of maybe discomfort. And then her household, we all decided to go on vacation. And so we left Casey with some family um, without us. Her pack was gone. And then this irritation kind of picked back up. And she started going after that irritation. I won't show you pictures for those who are, I promise, no, no disturbing pictures are coming right now. Um, but she kind of had a hard week missing her family, irritated skin that she kind of got after, some, some loving care that tried to help. But... Um, then she returned home and we, we got her her meds that she needed for the flea medicine. And we thought things were kind of on the mend. And then yesterday morning, about 5 a.m., Ari let her out to go do whatever she needed to do. And she came face to face with, you know, the skunk neighbor um, and got completely annihilated by um, the skunk. So here is, here is Casey. Um, on our front porch, tied up so she doesn't bring any more smell into the house than it was already there, um, tied up so she doesn't go after neighbors walking by, but outside 
trying to heal some of her wounds and let the stink kind of disappear. Yeah, I know, she was. But I'm happy to say, I'm happy to say she is now off the leash this morning. She is home. Her cone is not on anymore because the meds are working. And she's got some cold water. And she is starting to live into some, some newness, if you will. Um, the, uh, the Psalms are wonderful um, in general. And this one in particular that we just read because there's so much to identify with in the Psalms. The Psalms are this prayer book that offer these prayers to God in all sorts of different spaces and places of life. Um, and they provide kind of the whole range of experience and um, human emotion and, and reality. And I think the one we read just now provides a, a, a huge range for us uh, to find ourselves in to maybe um, be encouraged by um, or seen by as we read, as we read these psalms together. Um, the psalms are, they're songs, right? They're songs to sing. They've been, they were written, you know, centuries ago. Um, but they've been the prayer book for the people of Israel. They've been the prayer book for our Jewish brothers and sisters, for Christians throughout the generations. Um, and I think they're a prayer book for us. Um, and this one in particular, again, provides a lot for us. I love where this psalm ends. Don't you want to just kind of live where this psalm ended? Um, good things God has done for me. Um, I lift the cup. Why is that image so great? I lift the cup of salvation. Um, because of what I've experienced. I'll keep promises I made to the Lord. There's this like promise making and promise keeping. And it's done in a space like this. With community. Like God has been so faithful. I will keep my promises that I've made to God. I would love to live in a space like this all the time. Um, you freed me from my chains. I will happily be your servant because you have set me free. You have released me from that which binds me. Um, I'll offer sacrifice of thanksgiving to you. Again, I will keep my promises. I love where this psalm ends. And there are a lot of times in life where this is right where we live. Hopefully there's a number of us here this morning that can relate with this portion of this psalm. That we're feeling God's faithfulness. We're feeling um, and experiencing God's presence in our life to the point where we can raise a glass um, to God's loving faithfulness in our lives, to God's salvation. Um, and if this was... All this psalm was, this might be called what Sonia alluded to last week, a psalm of orientation. God is good. Creation is working. Praise, praise God. And it's wonderful when we get to live in a space like that and experience that. Um, but this psalm starts somewhere else. The psalm begins with, with something different. 
Um, it's short, it's brief, but it's poignant, and it's real um, for this songwriter and, and for many of us um, throughout our lives at times. It, go, it began with this short phrase, death's ropes bound me. The distress of the grave found me. I came face to face with trouble and grief. So I called on the Lord's name, Lord, please save me. Um, this is where we live a lot of times too. Um, these kinds of realities are, are, are evident in, in each, each of our lives from time to time. Maybe for longer seasons than we ever dreamed or, or ever wanted. Um, maybe it's the realities of death, physical death. We walk through that, we come close to that, closer than maybe we ever want to. Maybe loved ones we know have come close to that, have, have gone through that. And, and so we face that. Um, and we have a prayer here in our scriptures that acknowledges the reality um, of these times of life. Um, I came face to face with trouble and grief. Um, we, are in, we are living in wild times. I feel like I've been saying this for like a decade now, but politically charged wild times. Um, and at some level we can try to think that, that those narratives, those stories, those those political realities don't touch our everyday. We can keep our head down and try to just kind of do what we do each day. But at some point, at some level, those, that political turmoil, it, it affects us. It touches us. Trouble, grief. Um, we've talked ad nauseum about what the pandemic has done, what it, really, what it revealed in terms of our interpersonal relationships as a society. And the lack of connection that we feel sometimes and experience sometimes. It's, it's trouble and it's grief and it's hard and it's here. Um, economic woes are so real right now as costs soar and um, income is so hard to find. Um, uh, no matter where we are on kind of economic spectrum, we're affected. Our, our, our lives are, are, are changed at least some, some to points where... It feels like devastation. Um, economic challenges are, 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 are so real right now. And so the psalmist, with the psalmist, we, we might be able to say, Lord, please save me from these things. Um, I'm tired. Um, and a lot of times we can pray this prayer and we can live this prayer too. Just like we can live the first or the end of it um, at times. A lot of times people we love and care for um, can pray this prayer. A lot of times we may not be feeling this type of prayer in a given moment, but we can see neighbors and friends who are, who are, who are in a space where a prayer like this makes sense. And we can be invited to pray for them as we read this psalm with them in community. And if this was all that this psalm was... This would be called a psalm of disorientation. Um, and there, there are these psalms in, in, in our scriptures. Um, these are psalms that proclaims creation isn't working. It's not happening like you said. 
God. Um, these are psalms where we ask honest questions like, where is God in all of this trouble that we're experiencing? Um, but this psalm ends somewhere different. It ends, like we said, in, in, in a different kind of space and more oriented space. And the question I think I've heard this morning is, how does the psalmist get there? How does the psalmist move in this song? from this prayer that we're looking at right now, times of struggle, um, of trouble, to the beautiful proclamations of a cup of salvation and promises made and kept, uh, thanksgiving offerings to God. Um, Our psalm doesn't start or end with orientation or or, or end with disorientation. This is a psalm that is of a new perspective. Something changes in the author um, throughout. A new orientation kind of opens up. Um, And so these are psalms, and we're going to be looking at these along with other churches all around the world. Um, These are prayers that look back on suffering, on the realities of struggle, But do that through the lens of God's provision, God's faithfulness, even God's deliverance. Um, And praying them, I think, invites us to look at our current realities, our current struggles and troubles, whatever those might be. um, And invites us to look at them in, in light of who we know God to be who we know God um, to have been in our life, maybe in other situations. And there are also prayers that testify that newness is possible. Newness can happen. A new thing can open up, even from a situation that seems like that just can't happen. Um, This songwriter's been in the pit has been ensnared. The imagery is is strong. Again, short but powerful. Um, And yet has come out on another side. Has come out in a different place. Um, And so this psalmist, I think, is inviting us to maybe look at our current realities. If we're praying in the beginning of this psalm a lot these days, um, to look at our situation And take note of the ways that God worked in this psalmist's life. To take note in the ways maybe that God has worked in our lives in the past. And to open up ourselves, um, even now, to God's active and loving presence that is around us at all times. Um, this, This psalmist gets to this new place by talking about and remembering who God is. Sonia gave us that great imagery from Rich Viotis' book last week of, of like this, this image of people in a supermarket somehow starving. Like how, if, if people were in a supermarket and yet were starving, what would we, what would, you know, come to our minds? And Viotis encourages us to imagine and to remember that 
We too, and despite how we're feeling, despite the ways we're thinking, we too, we live in a space where God, the living and loving God, is active and engaging and initiating in life um, and is inviting us to open ourselves up to experiencing God, um, to seeing God. It doesn't mean faking it. It doesn't mean not being honest. Like, this prayer is honest, if nothing else. Um, but, but, it, but it means opening um, to God with each of us, to God among us, to God um, in nature, as our high school graduates talked about so beautifully a few weeks back, um, to God in all sorts of, of places. Um, this psalmist says some cool I shouldn't use the word cool. That's, that's not a good enough word. This, this psalmist talks about God. Um, God is a God, the psalmist says, who is faithful um, and delivers. A God who is merciful and gracious is the other word there. God, who is just, that word righteous can mean just. Um, a God who protects simple folk. Um, many of us have been told at a younger age about how special we were, maybe. Maybe some of us weren't given that message. Um, but some of us were told in different contexts about how, like, kind of amazing our life was going to be, and, and, and many of us have amazing lives, but we were kind of set up for some uh, high expectations maybe at points. And the older I get, um, and uh, maybe wiser, but at least more honest I get about life, I can connect with that simple folk. Um, we, live, we live day-to-day lives, um, most of us. We, we wake up, and we love the people around us, and we try to do the work that's in front of us. Um, and we try to do it as well as we can and we get tired and we get hungry and we get happy and we experience joy and we get sad and um, the older I get the more I can really connect with this idea that God preserves and protects simple folk um, the psalmist says God saves me whenever I'm brought down whenever I'm brought low um, and sometimes when we're feeling down or we're experiencing the lowness of life, it's, it's hard to remember that maybe God in the past has indeed brought us up from things. Um, but this psalmist invites us to think about those times. And, and maybe we can't even th- find a memory yet. But this psalmist wants to say, I am an example of this faithful God who is merciful and gracious and whose very character it is is to meet simple folk and to lift them up. Um, you, God, have delivered me from death. You, God, have delivered my eyes from tears, the psalmist writes. Um, you've delivered my foot from stumbling, so I'll walk. Before the Lord in the land of the living. This psalmist moves from this prayer of disorientation towards some kind of new 
orientation and confidence in life and who God is. And the whole journey to get there is naming who God has been in their life um, from day to day and throughout the years. A God who's merciful and righteous, who's compassionate, protects simple folk, saves um, and delivers. Many of you know um, Casey's story and know that Casey is no stranger to struggle and, and pain. Um, we got Casey uh, a number of years ago. This was the advertisement we responded to that came across Facebook. It was one of those like, oh my gosh, how could we not reach out about this dog? And so we did. Um, Casey is nine years old now, so whatever that means in terms of when this picture was. Um, and a few years into Casey's life, we were staying with friends because our house had some work getting done on it. And Casey, as a young pup, decided to go out into the street chasing after another animal and was, was hit by a car. Um, and it was a real tough, tough moment. No pictures, I promise. Um, and I can remember... Caleb coming into the house in tears, telling me what had happened. Me kind of going, actually, he wasn't in tears. He was in kind of shock, so I kind of thought he was joking. And he still lets me have it for, for thinking that in that moment as a father on his Father's Day. Um, but, um, but him sharing the story, and we ran out, and we, we kind of got her into some blankets and sheets, and we put her into the car, and we took her a couple different places, and we finally got to this vet who could see her. And I never forget the phone call I got from, from the vet saying, well, here, you, you've got some options here. Um, we, could, we can see if we could kind of brace the leg and maybe cast it and see, you know, if that was some kind of option, but I don't suggest that. We could, um, we could take the leg and try to replace it with a whatever they're called, a fake leg, um, prosthetic. Um, and I was like, huh? And then the doctor said, but, you know, my, my suggestion is that the best option is we can just take the leg and dogs can have wonderful lives um, as a tripod. And, and I'm sitting there going, I think there's another option. <laughs> Don't think less of me. I'm just trying to know all the options. <laughs> I got off the phone, and I can remember talking with my mom a, a day later, and she had already talked to Caleb, and she's like, Josh, I don't care what the price is. Caleb, this can't be part of Caleb's history, because <laughs> he saw this whole thing transpire. Um, let's just do what we need to do. Dad and I have talked, and we can, we can help you with this. Um, and so... We went ahead and, and paid an ungodly amount of money for, as a family, uh, for, for the surgery that has prolonged her life. And, um, and she, knows, she knows struggle. Um, the psalmist starts this prayer with, I think, like kind of the core proclamation of who God is. Um, it's, a, it's a proclamation similar to my mom listening to Caleb 
listening to what was going on. If she, she could have heard Casey, she would have listened to her too. But um, the psalmist says, I love the Lord because he hears my requests for mercy. I'll call out to the Lord as long as I live because God listens closely to me. All the, all the description of who God is is a, is a response to this core reality that the psalmist gives us. That no matter where we find ourselves in this psalm, God is one who listens, who inclines his ear to us. Um, and so when we are in places of praying psalms of disorientation, like God, creation is not working your promises don't seem to be coming through. Um, the psalmist also wants to remind us that we, are, we serve a God and have been created and loved by a God who listens in those places to us. Um, and will move to deliver um, from tears, from, um, from stumbling, from death itself. Um, and even at our death um, into eternal life. There's a story in um, the Old Testament of, of a woman named Hagar. And you know this story. Abraham and Sarah are the, kind of the, the, some of the initial kind of people in, a, in our family of faith story. And God calls them into this journey um, and promises them that they're going to have offspring and, and generations of faithfulness. And things just aren't working out the way they expected. And so Sarah um, encourages Hagar and Abraham to conceive and have a child because she and Abraham had been unable to. And Hagar has Ishmael. Um, and there's trouble from the get-go. There's jealousy and struggle, um, but God says to Hagar, you will name your child Ishmael. Um, and Ishmael means God hears. Um, and so I want to say today, if you, if, you, if you feel like your story is not at the center of where you want it to be, like Hagar and Ishmael's story, if you feel like your story is not at the center of your, your household, it's not at the center of your workplace, you feel like your, your story is not at the center of, of society, of this church, of your friends, wherever, um, God's very identity is that of one who listens and hears us and our stories, whether we're at the center of the places we want to be or not. Um, and in that, with that in mind, there's a little bit of self-talk in this psalm too that I think I want to end with. Um, wherever we find ourselves, this God who delivers, this God who hears us, hears our story, no matter where 
it is or if our expectations or hopes have, have been met. Um, this psalmist first says, well, like, let's look at the bottom. I, I love this. I have remained faithful even when I said I'm suffering so badly. Even when I said out of fear everyone is a liar. There's an invitation here to proclaim, look, I've held up my end of the bargain, God. And to say it to ourselves. Maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe it's my fault that things haven't worked out. Maybe it's, you know, something I did. And all of us are imperfect. There's certainly ways we contribute to whatever kind of, not whatever, but most messes we find ourselves in. Um, and this psalmist says, gives us some great self-talk. I have been faithful. Um, and so if you're praying a prayer of disorientation today, this psalmist invites you to be honest about the ways you have held up your end of the bargain. Um, and to sit in that confidently. Um, and then this, this first one, the psalmist says, I tell myself, in light of who God is, in light of the character of God, um, and that God hears I tell myself, you can be at peace again because the Lord has been good to you. You may be longing for something different than what you're experiencing. Creation may not seem like it's working, um, but with the psalmist, we're invited to say, yeah, but, and God has been good to me. Um, and I can be energized and encouraged um, and, and live and move in that and out of that. As I say, I have been faithful, and there's more that I'm longing for. Um, finally, this psalm um, ends in community. It ends in that beginning place where the psalmist is saying, I promise God, and I'm going to fulfill those promises. I'm going to hold up the cup of salvation. You have been faithful. It's, it's the place that we all want to live and be. And, and hopefully many of us have are experienced that in that in some way even now. But it's done in a, in a context of worship and community. Um, this is a psalm we read at Passover. This is a psalm we read Monday Thursday. So it's also done in a meal. Um, Thanksgiving isn't just words expressed, but it's life experienced with one another. And so the psalmist invites us to, to celebrate and to end um, kind of this, this proclamation of God's faithfulness in, in community with one another.